listening to Jonesy's Jukebox on Cal OS. That was new Rack and Tours, Bored and Raised. And we had The Clash, Clampdown. That was for Mick Jones. He's 64 today. Clash guitar player, in case you don't know. He's actually, he's older than me. I'm 64 in September 3rd. If you want to get me any gifts, September 3rd. We're here with Jack White and Patrick Keeler from the Rack and Tours. Thanks for having us. How you doing? Real good, real good. You busy? Hanging in there. Been very busy. I've been in New York for a few days playing sort of kind of small punkish kind of guerrilla shows and then we come out here to do a couple of things. You like doing that? I really do. I like the smallest the small stuff. Small stuff. Yeah. More intimate. Yeah, we did uh always done that. I think Patrick and I both came from sort of the Detroit garage rock scene. That's where we all our early shows were like that. So it was all, you know, 100, 200 people and really frenetic and stuff. And it, that's uh, it's always best to try to go back to that when you can. It was yeah. nice to like sit by a bass amp and, you you know, on... and like hear it, you know, like yeah, from the source. No, like, I it's so I, great. I love, I love that. I don't really know. I've never used in ears things. Neither. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, we don't use those, but you know what I mean. Like just being in the middle of it instead of like I like hearing the fud. I want to hear yeah. the fud. Yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. vibrations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's in my book as a no-no wearing uh, in ears. I, I have good things that are rock and roll and bad things. Mm. And, That's bad. And I don't know. Everyone seems to love it for me. I've never tried it, so I don't know. Maybe I'll... Right. I tried it once, and no, most of the raconteurs don't have set lists either. Most of the band's projects I'm in, I don't use a set list, so it's very hard to walk over and tell somebody, let's play this next song next, because you got to pull your in-ears yeah. out and say, what'd you say? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, you got to rely you gotta on pipe the you got to pipe the crowd into the into your ears because you yeah. can't hear the crowd clapping so we actually a... tried it one time and there was like a pa delay between uh, the yeah. ears and what was happening it was just, it's just not, like it's not rock and roll what happened to you oh, yeah it's not yeah. very intimate um what was i gonna say uh do you still stop people filming you at shows no, it was like a... Went for a period. Eh, where you well, well, no, yeah, we have it. We, we've been doing... The, the rest of the band wanted to do it on this uh, album, but um, the uh, this tour. But I think it wasn't as much of the filming. I, I didn't really care about the recording. I, I would think that would actually is kind of cool, but the, what I don't like is the non-engagement, the, yeah. looking, the looking down and checking the sports scores and yeah. texting and stuff. And then you can't clap. Insulted. You can't clap back. And, I, and, and if you don't have a set list, you, you need that. We need to engage with each other. I mean, it was just a, a period a few years ago where it was just feeling, God, this is starting to feel pointless, you know, yeah. to play live. It, there's just no engagement and no reaction. And I really don't want to resort to pyrotechnics and lasers yeah. and stuff. It's not enough to just have, it's not enough to just have the music be good enough or whatever either. It's it's not enough if people are not there with completely in there with you. So that's that was the methodology behind it but uh, yeah, the band saw it happen with me last year playing solo they came a couple of shows and thought, oh this is so great to see people so engaged again yeah and the shows we've been playing it makes again, the show better oh so much better for everybody and everyone's really happy about it so it's been very cool i think a lot of people walk around like that regardless if they're at one of your shows or or they're waiting for a bus or they're yeah. at a nightclub they're, they're yeah. on, you know yeah it's what people do 
Yeah, exactly. I I, uh, I don't I don't have any. Uh, you know, I think it's it's uh, every, everything people use in the day their daily lives is what they need to get by, and they have to you have to make your own judgments about what makes sense in your life, especially for your kids and you know, people around you, how you how you're socially with people. So. If, but uh, I think when we go to the symphony, we turn our phones off. When we go to the movies, we turn our phones off. We come on the radio, we're supposed to turn our phones off. I heard a phone. Sorry about that. No, <laughs> that's Patrick. No, I was kidding. They, uh, but it's, uh, no, we just make those judgments on all these other cases. So it was just an idea. Let's try it out for rock and roll, too, and see yeah, what happens. I think, too, to go back to things that are not rock and roll, is yeah. to watch a concert and have a screen of somebody in front of you. you know, annoying. It's so yeah. annoying. And it's Did like, you, what are you getting? Really? Nothing. No one's yeah. going to watch. It's going to sound terrible. It sounds like crap. It looks like crap. <laughs> you know. Did you see the Rob Halford? Thing? Yeah, it was great. It was great. He should have played for Wolverhampton Wanderers. He, that was a good kick. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, he's awesome. It's, it's very cool. But then, then, then you get sued by every Tom, Dick, and Harry if 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 they want to be difficult. It's it's tough these days. It was great in yeah. the seventies. Let me tell you, uh, yeah. there was no rules. There was no suing. We're playing uh, where you guys played uh, in Tulsa. We're playing at Kane's Ballroom. Oh, yeah. With the big uh, altercation happened with y'all, and they have the, the frame, the piece of the wall there yeah. framed where, uh, I guess, Sid punched the wall or something. Yeah. And um, I love, that's my favorite place to play. It's so, if, and that has such an incredible energy. Just walking in that room has an incredible yeah. energy at Kane's. So. How, how, how long is your set? About an mm. hour and a half or at most. Yeah, not too long. I, yeah. I don't want to go too long. We don't go too crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty intense show. You know, yeah. Um, um, you're, you're you're doing Amoeba at five o'clock. Yeah, and you can get in if you buy the album. Is that right? I believe so. Uh, which is a good idea. I like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah. You could uh, the album is close to knock uh, fingers crossed close to going number one this week, which is wild because it's only Third Man Records, uh, my label putting it out. We're not partnered with a major label. Or yeah, anything. and so it's a rock and roll record. Yeah. So for 2019, that's that's an amazing triumph, even to be talking about that being a number one record so that's that's been incredible a lot of uh sort of a lot of vinyl records this last week of, of the of the album and um it's been cool so it's cool to go like amoeba and, and support what they're doing yeah because i just love what they're doing you like you into vinyl big time yeah and it's uh we just built a pressing plant a couple of years ago in detroit um for for our for our third man but it's really for other, everyone else it's for other artists and for all the bedroom punk labels to put out their own things and so uh, it's it's nice to be able to have that for the community and and as well for ourselves. You're a big fan of the old. Uh, didn't you buy a lot of the tape, recording tape? Yeah, the, the um, two inch tape. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. So what we do, I think what we do is just trying to combine you know the the best of the new and the old. If there's something cool like the, the editing, the what editing on Pro Tools, which I think that's what's brilliant about Pro Tools yeah. is to be able to edit. We'll say we record this album uh, on tape, then we bounce it to Pro Tools so we can edit it. So the so the vibe is there of a band uh, playing in the room to begin with on every song. Every song starts with the four of us playing together yeah. in a room, and that's that's something you just kind of can't manufacture. So, so you, you you're, you're you're pretty much saying then old school. I don't you know sound like an old fart, but like mm. sem my my favorite music was in the seventies. That was mm. my favorite era mm -hmm. before the eighties with the big drum and the, yeah. in the seventies that dry kind of. I don't know. The songs are great. I don't know what it is. So you think that's a lost art, even like new bands recording now, or or not? I think they just uh, haven't had some some of the new uh, ways of doing things. Don't incorporate 
Um, it's not about being old fashioned or being retro. It's about if you're artists that are playing together, you say we're in a band. Yeah. If you if you're only doing overdubs as a band, like oh you put your guitar part down, I do mine. Yeah. Yeah, you might come up with something interesting. It might be might might become up with a, uh, an amazing song. But for some reason, I, get, I think what we're maybe the three of us are all where we have come from is yeah. you have to be in a room together playing first live, yeah. and you have to experience what it's like to produce a sound together. Yeah. And then yeah, you can go on and do whatever the hell you want right. afterwards. As long as you know what the core yeah. soul of it is, you know that's that's what I, I think people kind of got wrong about me talking about it over the years. Is I think people think that I hate that people record on Pro Tools or I hate that they record on yeah. computer or digital equipment. That's absolutely not the case. I, most of my pedals I have are digital, and the, you know we're editing on Pro Tools, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's just about being able to know where you're coming from. What you, why you're doing what you're doing as a band, and it's hard to not to, it's hard to just skip over that part yeah. of the sweating in a room together. Yeah. Well, I think even like our song "Bored and Raised," mm. you know, that's us getting together and just jamming in the room. I mean, that was just a live thing we just mm -hmm. riffed. Yeah. You know, well, it's good. It was... It's great that you're playing rock and roll. Mm, thanks, Andy. It's 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 slim these days it is it's, it's wild and but it's you know it's all, i think you've come back you, you know it goes in those cycles, cycles and, and uh the last uh i would think that it's always you know it's sort of like guitars are synthesizers guitars are synthesizers and over and people have called it rock and roll is dead 27 times over yeah. the decades so it's nothing new and maybe one day it will completely go away but uh i think at this moment in time that we've been playing shows in london and paris and tokyo and in America and everywhere this whole year has just felt so exciting and electric. People moshing and crowd surfing yeah. and it's all tons of teenagers at the show so it's a whole new crop of people who want that live experience I of think real Like even more and amped up than, yeah, than I, I had noticed in the past. Like really going for it and you know maybe <coughs> some of that's what we were talking about earlier too being engaged in the show and yeah. just like getting into it but it's been yeah. really 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 great. So you don't, you don't invite any uh influencers to your to your shows then instagram <laughs> <laughs> we should maybe, yeah, maybe that that would have helped to help uh, help us <laughs> i think there's like a you know um, I, I've, I've been thinking about that lately like a, what you know what kids look up to when you have children you i don't know if you have children but the the uh when you have them you start thinking about who uh, who idols are at any given point in time when they're three when they're seven who their idols are yeah. and people of their generation who their idols are and one thing you kind of see missing in the last decade seems to be like slowly disappearing is the expert, you know, the person who's been to 2,000 live shows who yeah. knows what they're talking the master. about. It's usually now like some hipster blog or some 22-year-old who started going to shows in 2014. Yeah. You know, he, he's the one who's who's telling you about this band, yeah. not someone who's been to 3,000 shows or yeah. owns 10,000 records or has been doing this for 30 years. So you, you have that, uh, and I'm not saying those people don't have a valid opinion. They do. They're a human being. They have a valid opinion. But I, I think that there should be some uh, resurgence of people who really know what they're talking about. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of those influencers are, what the hell do they do? I, I don't know what they do. I, what do they, they know what stand they're talking there. about? So, I mean, they stand there. You've got to be an expert at something first before you should influence somebody, I would think, or good at something first, correct? I mean, uh, I'm an influenza. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Can we steal that? Can we steal that? <laughs> sure. You heard it first. Yeah. <laughs> Just hey, influenza. <laughs> They, uh, I've, got, I've got to ask you because it's, you know, I'm a huge uh, soccer fan, football fan, mm. and and Seven Nations Army. Yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, they they do it even if 
the song ain't being played. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the back, they, they just start whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's gone across to uh, American baseball, basketball, hockey. It's, it's just everywhere around the world. It's crazy. Yeah. Never would have thought that was going to be the case with that song. It, uh, so it's just an amazing honor. It, it's, it, it's, it's the best thing you can hope for as a songwriter, that something will sort of accidentally become folk music. Yeah. And that especially is even makes me even more proud because they're not singing lyrics; they're chanting a melody. It's just the instrumental yeah. part, and that's just how is it possible you could organize a few notes to in, to inspire that? Yeah. And those people they don't know where it's coming from, and I'm glad they uh, right. that they don't. I don't want them to know right. where the song came from. It's, right. I want to you when you write a song, you hope that it will one day exist on its own and yeah. become its own, have its own life, and all that. So that's that's amazing. Do you remember when you come up with that riff? Yeah, it was in, which rarely I do, but I do remember that one specifically. It was at the Corner Hotel in Melbourne, Australia. It was at Soundcheck, and I had dipped my guitar down an octave. So it was a low octave, so it sounded sort of like a bass, and that's when I, I had that. And I remember, I saw recently we were going through some old notes, and it was the stuff from that the album that was on. It was called Elephant, and it was some notes about the songs on that record. And the song, uh, said it just had the word Bond on it with a circle, because I, I thought it sounded like a James Bond theme. Yeah. And I thought, oh, they'll never let me do a James Bond theme. So I, I was just, uh, right, uh, we'll, we'll put it on the record, we'll waste yeah. record. And then they let me do a James Bond theme a few years later. So I, I think I think that did better than the James Bond. Oh, it did, yeah. Quite a little, slightly better, yeah. Do you get paid every time they play at a sports place? A sports place in it's always public? weird conversations with publishing and lawyers and stuff like that about those kind of things. And there's supposedly this law that any public performance yeah. uh, must be paid and i think that there's some rule about like if they play it at the stadium over the speakers yeah like the the, the, the the team plays it then they pay a fee but if the crowd sings it oh no you, obviously that you can't not do be, nothing about it's like that. a happy yeah. birthday at that point you yeah can't really but yeah. then there's also these blanket rules where stadiums do some kind of buyout to uh all the majors like we can play whatever we want for the rest of the year yeah. we'll give you this lump sum some craziness like that i don't understand and then um but i remember the funniest thing about that is we used to play this bar in detroit called the gold dollar only held 100 people and they had a little uh cd player in there and there was a guy this is like 99 or something like that he came around from uh bmi or he goes, uh, well, where's your jukebox? And they said, well, we don't have one. We just have a CD player. We just play CDs. Well, let me see your pile of CDs. Why? Well, I need to know what you've been playing in the bar so yeah. you can pay royalties on yeah. it. And we're like, wow, that's so interesting. Because I own a couple of jukeboxes, and if you open them up, you'll see there's counters in there for the songs. And that was what the the publishers would go to bar to bar and say, oh, you've played this James right. Brown song 55 times this month. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You owe us, you know, however, however many pennies yeah. for that. That's pretty interesting that those guys would go like door to door salesmen to That's every bar and collect money. Yeah, crazy. That is a lot. But those of work. were pub considered public performances of a yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, even though you're paying for it to play it, <laughs> right? You know, they want that part of that. They want part of that dime. Uh, everyone wants part a nickel. part of it. That's why you're paying for it. <laughs> exactly to pay for them. Yeah. Um. So that's cool, man. Um. So Amoeba, and then you got a show. Where, where where's my info? At the oh, Greek, yeah, yeah, July twenty six, which is always great because a lot of people over the years have said they, you know, I saw you at the I Greek love the and Greek. such and such band, and I think it's really great. The only thing I don't like about the California outdoor venues, Hollywood Bowl and the Greek, is they Here have decibel limits. Um, they don't have decibel limits, so it's just like ninety seven decibels. I mean, we're talking right now at about eighty two <laughs> decibels. Right. You knew yeah. it was coming. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't. Uh, 
He did, but I went out and saw. I, I agree think the Yeah Yeah Yeahs warmed up for the White Stripes of the Greek, and I went out and watched their sound check, and I'm like, oh wait, the the PA is turned on right now. I thought it was just their amps I was listening to, yeah. and that was the PA. Everything, yeah. It was everything. I was like, wow, this is like someone playing a boombox on the stage almost. It's, can't um, you um, can't you grease someone's palm? You can do. You can you can try to push it, but they have a, a monitor, a, a decibel. Do they have a guy recording in there? device? And sometimes there's a guy standing there. Making sure you don't go over. The idea is to mix up the set too between loud and soft because they'll do an average. Yeah, they do an average. That's correct. So there's a lot of talking on those kind of shows. I saw Roxy Music years ago there, and I never thought they was quiet. Mm, that's mm. good. Then. And I've seen a few bands there. We played the Sex Pistols in 2003. I don't on know. stage, it feels fine. Right? You don't notice right, it, but um, right. when I was out in the crowd watching a little bit, I thought, ooh. This could be at least 10 dB louder. I just don't know why why you even have a live in if you're not going to allowed to play loud. It, it, it's, that's part of rock it's, and roll. It's because of all the houses, I think, around, around, yeah. around that area. Well, then they should obliterate and burn all those houses down because... Get rid of them. What's more important? Rock and roll or houses? <laughs> houses. <laughs> should we play some music? Let's play another one. Shine the light on me. This is new tours from their new album. Help us straight am i saying wrong actually we have some days queued up uh, that's what i said some days you don't listen <laughs> open your bleeding ears we're here with the tours, jack white and patrick keeler take it away <laughs> jonesy's jukebox KLOS. Only, pardon jack white and patrick keeler mm-hmm. i think you should change your name to patrick tequila tequila you know Think about it for a second. Don't don't don't, don't twist my judgment. arm. You'll spill my drink. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Do you remember anything about that gig at Kane's Barroom? Do you remember uh, oh. anything that I don't? Uh, any anecdote that uh, I have a photograph? I, I bought a photograph someone took uh, just of with their camera at that show. That's Tulsa, right? Yes, that's Tulsa. a Bible Belt. I yeah. remember them picketing outside mm-hmm. the, the Jesus people. Yeah. They, they were upset that we were playing there. Yeah, because all the press was. You know, didn't even know after press that was coming out there, but it was this whole machine out like we're gonna eat kids' heads off and stuff. Yeah. And really, we're just a rock and roll band, you know. Mm. But it created all these kind of cowboys and whatnot who came to the show, yeah, yeah. not to listen, to, to kind of yeah, to cause to cause, cause trouble. trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And it did. It flamed, you know. So every bleeding show. There'd be a ton of cans after it. They'd be they'd mm. be fighting. It was just uh, that was a smart idea to go where you weren't wanted first instead of going to LA, New York. That the was too usual. easy too easy to go to LA, New York. Yes, you know? so, I I totally agree. Very smart. It's smart if you're the manager. It's not if you're playing on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was about it. it. All of it is very not very vivid at all. Mm. Can't I, be I remember for that. the last show in, in uh, San Francisco. Yeah. Oh. And uh, I went to town on about six chicks that night. <laughs> <laughs> Those are what you called females back then? Ladies. <laughs> Birds. Birds. <laughs> yeah, I'm not proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll cut to commercial. Exactly. And that was it. Hey. <laughs> that last track you played, mm-hmm. Some yes, Days. Some Days, yeah. Was that, that was, that was cut. Because that sounded like it was 
live. It was. It was uh, me actually learning to use a new instrument. You know, you know those B bender guitars. They're, no. they're like um, it's like a country. It, it's got like a mechanism. It's usually an Telecaster, and it's like you can. Uh, Makes it sound like a pedal steel guitar. You, yeah. When okay. You, it bends, push, the, bends when you push the, the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah it, uh, the strap lock has a, a mechanism that bends only the B string in it. So it's sort of like learning how to play a new instrument. So I was trying to do that guitar solo in my parts with this new instrument I, I bought. It's really inspiring to me. So that you was like, cool. You like it then? I do. You I like have it on. Uh, I have it on stage now with me. So sounds too complicated for me. It's, it's a, it was it's tricky to figure out. Still, still learning it. This guy. It's pretty good. This guy. This <laughs> guy. <laughs> um, like, like, so, but you never. This song was something you came up with and then just recorded it. You didn't play it live. This a lot of these songs on Most this album. Most of these had no. We we hadn't played live in years, so. It, all these songs were uh, songs that we had only recorded, written, and played to each other. Me yeah. and Brendan write the songs in the band, so uh, he uh, some days was something he generated on his own. So that was a uh, that was a cool one. We we got to finally record in the studio I built like ten years ago, which the band never had gotten to record in there. So because uh, I built it right after our last album, and then Third Man Records kind of took off and took put a bunch of stuff on my table. So that's what took so long for us to get back to in the studio together. So. And and are you gonna tour? Yeah, big oh, time. Yeah. We've been uh, we did like the, the Pacific, you know, rim as they say, whatever Japan, New Zealand, Australia already, and some small shows in Europe. And now we're getting ready to kick it off in Detroit in a couple of weeks at the Masonic we're Temple. About Forty plus dates. Coming yeah, up pretty quickly. Full in the country. states, yeah. yeah, full North America. Forty shows tour. in the states. Yeah, yeah. Are you uh, you you're bussing it or you're flying it? Bussing. I love Uber. the bus, man. Yeah, it's great. Uber. <laughs> Uber that's, bus. That's gonna, Uber tour bus. Yeah. <laughs> Uber tour when's bus. That, when's that coming? That's coming. Uh, <laughs> That'll be great. I love the bus, man. You just I love the throw bus. your crap on there. Yeah. I sleep like a child, too. Yeah. I like the hum. I like the If you're vacuums. a musician, yeah. if you can <laughs> sleep on a bus like that comfortably, you got it made because... But if our, I always feel bad for musicians who can't sleep on a bus when it's too jarring for them. I feel like, damn, that's a torture, torturous event. Yeah, that's the older I get, the earlier I wake up until I'm on a tour bus. And then it'll be like Sleep. two in the afternoon. Yeah. I'm like, what day is it? You know, yeah. like, <laughs> I'm with you on the old bunk bed. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah. Do you like upstairs or downstairs? Uh, what are you referring to? <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you like men? <laughs> what are you referring to? Yeah. Again, it's code for just, uh, <laughs> chicks, birds, <laughs> bites. I like the left side of the bus. You do? I do. That's the uh, if left side if you're passenger getting side. onto the bus. Passenger side. Yeah. Passenger side. Yeah. You know what? So do I. And I like it at the bottom. I like yeah. the, I like the Easier lower to get out one. Of the yeah. You just roll out. Yeah, I don't like to <laughs> jump on the top ones. It can sway when you're on the top. Yep. I've seen people yep. fall out of them. In, Lower in center of gravity too, on the bottom. Fall out yeah. of the top bunk. I've seen yeah. that happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Amoeba today at 5 p.m. Yeah. Buy them records. Are you what are you doing like a, a full electric set? Yeah, full electric set. I mean, I don't know, probably not a full long, probably like, I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes, maybe yeah. or something like that. And then, uh, but it's just we want to support them. They've done such a killer job uh, keeping vinyl alive over and then having a giant store there in the absence of Tower Records and everything, yeah. too. It's just cool to be able to play there. What do you, you think about Calos? It's the 50th year. Is it really? Wow. Anniversary. That's incredible. One incredible. of my favorite logos of all time. Yeah, yeah, I love one. that. Iconic. Rainbow. I like Rainbow. that logo. Did you ever listen? You, you say you're from here? I'm not from here. I moved uh, here full-time in 2013. Yeah. Where are you from? 
I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, KRP. Yes. WKRP. KRP. It's true. And you're originally from uh, Detroit. Detroit. Mm -hmm. And you have a lot of brothers and sisters, right? I do. Nine brothers and sisters, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You were the, the youngest. Yeah, I'm the 10th, 7th son. My mom's the 10th child in her family. She's the 7th daughter. So it's a, they flip-flopped. The 7th son? Yes. <laughs> so you were... Uh, is that weird, being like lost? It's, uh, it had its... Uh, Advantages and disadvantages, I guess. I was, he was, the cute I, I was also kid. seven years younger than the ninth kid, so I'm way at the end, tacked on at the end of this family. So everyone's very much older than I am uh, growing up, especially my parents. My parents were every, my, everyone else's grandparents aged, all my friends, you know. So it was very cool, though. I got a lot of, a lot of influence from, you know, like a big band era drummers from my parents all the yeah. way to the 60s rock and roll country music from my brothers. And so you had all this... There's a lot of influence going on just in the home alone, like the books and the movies we were all, all into. So. You're all, it was all about that when you were a kid? Yeah. Music you know, we, and we, films oh, and Oh, yeah. I loved music TV. to death. I wanted to be a drummer. That's it. I just wanted to be a drummer. So all I cared about was playing the drums, trying to record the drums, trying to get my brothers to let me play with them, play on the drums, all of that. So I was who obsessed. Was your, who was your favorite drummer back then? Growing up, uh, my favorites were Gene Krupa, John Bonham, Stuart Copeland. Ian Pace, um, uh, Carl Palmer. I, I liked a lot of complicated and uh, swing drummers, really, like the Gene Krupas and Buddy Riches, the, the, the with the swing factor. Yeah, that, yeah. That really, that really made, meant more to me than the complicated stuff. But the complicated stuff was impressive to me at the time because I wanted to do, wanted to learn more things. More know? feel. Yeah. In the swing. I thought so, yeah, because uh, that was about the time I think other people were getting into double kick drum, heavy metal drummers and stuff, and I was sort of like, uh, it got too metronomy, too much, yeah. When Not you enough. Lost, feel. lost the swing a little bit, yeah. So I was, I was, I was into that a bit. And who's your like favorite drummer, like in this room? God, man, me. It's I so heard funny. me. I, I, well, I think I, it's gonna have to be Jonesy, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. sitting to the right side of you, <laughs> Mr. Tequila. Yeah. Tequila on the drums. <laughs> it's so great. I've been really lucky over the years to play with incredible drummers like him and Carlos Azar and and uh, you know, it's just been it's just been very very. I've been very lucky with that. Yeah, Meg White, just incredible. Everyone has a different style, and it's just always been inspiring to me. I, I play to the drummer. I don't know if you do, but I I, I always play to the drummer in the studio and live. So important. Yeah. Do you ever like, so you, if, I don't know if you ever stumble across a drummer who's not good, mm. it can, it, it, I can't play with him, I, I have to, it, it ruins everything. It's a deal breaker for me, if it's got to be, uh, if I'm not locked in with the drummer yeah. and nothing else is, everything else is kind of useless at that point. Yeah. Does Mr. Tequila always oh, show up? So great. He's got the swing. He definitely, he could tell he grew up with the jazz swing. I got one speed. <laughs> Balls out. <laughs> All right, rock and roll. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for coming by, Jack mm. and Patrick. Thank you for having us. Pleasure, it's great honor to Sarah. talk to you. Yes, thank you. And uh, we're going to play another track. Yes, yeah. shine the light. Oh, good, I got it right for once. <laughs> okay, Jonesy's jukebox. Carlos, take it away. Listening to Jonesy's jukebox and KLOS. That was the White Stripes, Ball and Biscuit. Mmm, Biscuits. Oh, why is that song called Biscuits? Oh, delicious. Then we had the Sex Pistols, Pretty Vacant. 
beautiful, such fine guitar playing on that track. Thanks uh, to the Raconteurs, the Coutures for coming in, Jack White and Patrick Keeler. Five o'clock tonight at Amoeba, they're doing a little live set. I'm sure there'd be lions around the block. <laughs> lions. You got some? Yeah, we're going to give away a couple of passes to the thing tomorrow. Jonesy Jukebox live on a KLOS Subaru live stage with the Sweet and Tender Hooligans featuring Joe Escalante of the Vandals. Also, Tom Lennon of Reno 911 is going to be joining the band and Jose Maldonado, the Mexican Morrissey. And it's going to be good. We're going to take caller 15 and 16 right now at 800-955-KLOS. You win a pair of passes to the event. And lunch provided, beer provided by Anchor Brewing, and of course, brought to you by the Subaru Outback. The 2019 Subaru Outback may be their most adventurous Outback yet, now with 0% financing. Is Yoko coming with Tom Lennon? No. Yeah, no. Oh, I was hoping (laughs) she would show up for some art. Um, We're going to visit the Duke, when we come back, we're going to play a bit more rock and roll! You're listening to Jonesy's Jukebox. Time is 121. That was uh, Leonard Skinner. Give me three steps. Beautiful. Bob Seger system. Rambling gambling man. I wonder why he dropped the system. Was it a different band? He just said, that's oh, hell with it. It's about me. I'm just going to call it Bob Seger. Forget the system. The system don't work. Became the Silver Bullet Band. And the Silver Bullet. Bloody guys. Pretenders, Mystery Achievement. David Bowie. Boys, keep swinging. Roxy Music, Editions of You. How good is that? You got Leonard Skinner, right? Bob Seger, Pretenders, David Bowie, and Roxy Music. All under the same umbrella. That's why. That's why I get the Starbucks. You got some junk? I do. We have these special sweet passes. Sweet with a U, not a W. Sweet tickets for Misfits, Rise Against, Distillers, and more at the BOC Stadium happening Saturday, June 29th. KLOS and Whiplash presenting that show. So we'll give those to Caller 25 right now at 800-955-KLOS. Sweet tickets to the show this Saturday provided by Live Nation. That's nothing to do with sweet and tender hooligans. No, that's... Or sweet James Bergener. Right. That's a completely different sweet thing. Sweet with a, you know... Sweetie box. A box. We'll call it a box. A box? Yeah. Like a Jonesy's Jew box. Yeah. Like a sweet box of Jones. A sweet box. Sweet box of chocolates coming at you. What time? Gonna visit the Duke when we come back. A bit more rock and roll. You've been listening to Jonesy's Jukebox and Carl OS. Time is now 1.52 on a Wednesday. That was the Who. Tattoo. Beautiful. That was from Live at Leeds. Then Lizzie. Don't believe a word. That's from Live and Dangerous. Then 8.01. Babies on Fire. I guess that was a, a band with Eno and Kevin Ayers and a few other people got together and did a couple of live shows. And I think that was what the band was called, A-O-1. Flying Burrito Brothers, High Fashion Queen, live. All these were live, if you didn't notice. You know, when there's people clapping, that means it's live. 
Humble pie, honky tonk woman. That was live too. Uh, you got some info? Yeah, we're going to give away some of these passes to Disneyland Park. You can visit a galaxy far, far away at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. No reservations required. Or check out Galaxy's Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout at Disney California Adventure Park. We'll take caller 25 right now at 800-955-KLOS. You get a four-pack of one-day, one-park passes to Disneyland Resort. Gary Moore's up next. He's doing it from uh, the blood joint where they give blood. Jones's Jukebox, fantastic. Tomorrow on the live stage, the sweet and tender hooligans with special guests, Tom Lennon and Yoko Ono. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.